Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust, member FDIC. It's time for the Natural State Football Report with Clint Conk. Taking a closer look at football across the great state of Arkansas with the winningest coach in UCA history. The Natural State Football Report is brought to you by Farm Brothers Flying Service. For the past decade, they've been providing crop dusting services to the farmers of Southeast Arkansas, and they can help you too. Now, let's toss around the pigskin in the zone with Justin, Wes, and the coach. All right. Welcome. How are you? Happy New Year, Coach. What's going on? Happy New Year, guys. Christian, Happy New Year. Hope everybody was safe. And uh, we were fortunate, Angel and I, yesterday to spend uh, our New Year's with Lance Gassaway and his fiance BJ, down at uh, Oaklawn watching the Smarty Jones. Mystic Dan made a game effort. Uh, just came up a little bit short. But uh, very promising stakes uh, horse for Lance. Yeah, catching freedom, the winner in that one. And Brad Cox continues his great run yeah. uh, around the country and at Oaklawn. So, uh, yeah, wishing him the best of luck in the future. Hopefully we'll see Mystic Dan again next time there's a big three-year-old race at Oaklawn, mm. and all indications are we probably will. Maybe the Southwest, maybe. maybe. I like that. Yeah. Um, all right, before we dive in on what happened yesterday <laughs> and kind of wrap up of the regular season and the playoff or the, the postseason, I guess, of bowl games, um, K.J. Jefferson was announced, too, during our break that he is going to go to UCF, and I don't know how much – uh, Golden Knight football you've watched, mm-hmm. but I know you're familiar with Gus and what he does. Mm-hmm. What do you think about the matchup there? How does that gel together? Probably a pretty good fit. Uh, you know, Ryan uh, Parmley, I think it was, that transferred from Ole Miss, playing played quarterback and baseball at, at uh, Central Florida the last uh, couple of years. Uh, his eligibility's up, so um, I think it's a pretty good fit. KJ's going to be uh, pr- probably a little bit better quarterback. Mm-hmm. Uh, Maybe uh, with Gus uh, versus Parmley, but Parmley was a tremendous athlete, very yeah. fast, very quick. It'll be more of a power quarterback type of approach, uh, but I think it's a good fit overall. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Let's let Christian get out of here real quick. Um, yeah, and then Snacks Johnson announced that he's coming back to Arkansas, so that was good to see a guy that uh, certainly was a big help defensively for Arkansas last year, and they need as many pieces on that side as they can get. I think most people, I mean, we were all sort of under the impression that there was not a, a path back for KJ once he jumped in the portal. Um, and again, there was a lot of opportunities out there. I'm sure there were a lot of people who were interested in retaining his services for the right amount of money. And so, again, wishing the best of luck. He's going to go down as an Arkansas legend. I mean, he did a, a lot of great things in Fayetteville. I mean, it is kind of sad to me in some ways that – He's leaving to go play at a Big 12 school, and it's not like he wouldn't have had an opportunity. I would have been curious to see how he would have done under Coach Petrino and how interested and how eager they were to get him back. Maybe they were ready to turn the page. I don't know. Yeah, maybe maybe they were looking for a fresh start. Um, but I do think it's a good fit with Malzahn down at Central Florida. And uh, uh, another transfer that may have kind of gone under the radar, I talked about him all year, Jalen Rayner yeah. at Arkansas State. You know, the great freshman and took him to a bowl game. He's in the portal. Oh, I didn't know that. I had not seen that. <clears throat> yeah. So, uh, you know, now they've got a, a all-time recruit coming in. I think the highest-rated Sunbelt recruit, a quarterback, a top 300 ESPN, top 300 hmm. player who's signed with them already. Okay. Uh, but uh, Rayner was the, was the straw that stirred the drink this year and yeah. really changed their fortunes. 
Um, so I really hated to see that happen. Yeah, I didn't see. I guess I missed that. Yeah. But uh, there was there was a lot of things that have happened over the last week, and we've yeah. been in and out and off and on. So I haven't paid close attention all the time. I guess when I've been away. So. And Arkansas lost a linebacker too. Yeah, uh, the, the the young oh, man yeah, transferred. Yeah, from uh, Cincinnati. So. Yep. Uh, yeah, a lot of a lot of portal things, which is sure. part of my heartburn that we'll get to whenever you're ready to get to that. But. Yeah, I mean, we can start there. I mean, we can talk about the playoffs, too. We'll we'll, we'll dive into that. But um, I guess let's start with the games first, yep. and then we'll yep. talk yep. about the things that are irritating Coach. So that'll yep. be fun. We've yep. also got game balls and jock straps <laughs> a little bit later, and maybe we'll give a few of those out. But uh, let's start with the game that most people are focused on around here, which was Michigan and Alabama. And there's two things people love to do around these parts. It is promote how great the SEC is and crap on the Big Ten. Right. And I thought, again – this was not a vintage year for the SEC. We knew that, or at least we thought that. Um, and then you have a Michigan team that actually had some, I thought, good team speed, and we knew how dominant defensively they could be up front. They were missing a key piece on the offensive line. Didn't hurt them. I thought they protected extremely well. But, I mean, largely they ran the ball effectively enough. McCarthy mixed in enough uh, downfield plays, and they. I thought the creativity was really good. But they were just solid as a rock most of the day, and – I mean, to me, that was a it was a pretty even matchup, and you saw it play out that way. Except for special teams, they were not very rock solid yeah. there, um, and that that'll hurt them if they don't get that cleaned up pretty quick. Uh, fundamental things, you know, center snaps, catching punts, you know, field goals. You well, know, Alabama wasn't exactly stellar either. No, right? their yeah. snap their snap issues late were were problematic yeah. for sure. So start with Michigan. Um, Super, really good defense. I mean, you know, this I've watched them a little bit during the season, but you, you know, really focus on their personnel. I mean, they're really talented. They're long. They'll strike you. They're very physical up front. I think Michigan had four or five sacks in the first half, maybe three. Five, yeah. yeah, maybe three in the first two drives. And um, I thought they exposed Alabama's offensive line. Um, very impressed with the creativity. The, uh, Alabama really struggled. Uh, covering the back out of the backfield. Um, uh, that'll be something Washington will have to work on. Um, but, um, you know, when they had to have a drive, uh, they went 75 yards and made a fourth down conversion and, and then held Alabama out. Now, the last play will will be talked about uh, ad nauseum uh, mm-hmm. for, for Alabama. Yep. Um, again, the poor center snap that you alluded to really took the rhythm and the timing of the playoff. I don't know if it was an RPO where he could have, you know, slipped it out to the to the running back in motion, uh, but I think the young man, when the low snap occurred, he, he kind of panicked a little bit, lost his footing, took a step back, and uh, through the entire timing. But the, the the guy that made the play was the left defensive end for Michigan. I mean, he destroyed the right tackle. Yeah, you know, ended up in the quarterback's lap. So, you know, they'll they'll replay that and, and and you know and slice and dice that particular play call up but you know had it worked it you know then it would have gone down as one of the great plays in Alabama history yeah Nick Saban talked about that afterwards and you know this all too well coach you're judged by the outcome not oh, necessarily the, the right. play I mean it, it's I mean I'm sure in many cases it's justifiable and certainly you saw Milrow have success running between the tackles throughout the game but that's a, a tough one when you hit a brick wall it doesn't look very good and here's coach Saban afterwards Coach Saban, could you talk about the last play and what made that one the best one that, that you wanted to go with? Uh, we called three plays. Um, one they called timeout, one we called timeout, and the last one that didn't work. <laughs> so the fact that it didn't work made it a really bad call. You know what I mean? So... Um, but we called timeout because we had a bad look. We had a good look on the first one. Uh, they must have known it. Um, 
But Tommy just felt like the best thing that we could do uh, was have a quarterback run, uh, which was kind of our two-point play, one of our two-point plays for this game. And the ball was on the three-yard line, which is just like a two-point play. So, But we didn't get it blocked, so it didn't work. We didn't execute it very well, and it didn't work. And they pressured, and we thought they would pressure. Uh, but we thought we could gap them and block, block them and make it work, and it didn't. If you don't get it blocked up right, Coach, it's harder on the ball. Yeah, and the thing about it, Michigan's defensive end ran straight up the field. You know, I mean, like, it's deeper, deeper than the quarterback. The low snap took the timing off, and then the right tackle got absolutely destroyed <laughs> um, and, and and blew the quarterback up. I mean, he's the one that, that blew – and I hate, and I'm sure the player, you know, feels bad, and he's a great player. He's at Alabama, and I'm sure he's had – you know. But that's what happened. I mean, the defensive end from Michigan blew the play up. They did kind of gap it a little bit. The defensive end ran up the field. So, I mean, they had – but if he could have just slid that thing to the C-gap, he probably would have scored. Here's the thing. We, we get blinded by the Saban legacy, I think, a lot of times. And so <laughs> it's like, oh, he's got these weeks to prepare. They're not going to lose. But all the issues that they had all year. They showed up. Yeah, I mean, Mil- Milrow's limited as a passer. Yep. And their offensive line's not very good. And those show up in the big moments. And, uh, and that's exactly what happened. Now, they did make some adjustments defensively and played extremely well, Alabama did, yeah. in the second half until that very last drive. Yep. Well, I'll tell you who got bailed out was the dead gum punt returner from Michigan now. Mm-hmm. You know, he fumbles the ball on a one-yard line right. and recovered it. And, yeah, uh, what's your policy on that? I know that, that p- philosophy has changed. It used to be you dig your heels at the 10 and you don't go backwards. That guy, that, it was him, and then there was another punt returner, apparently. I, I didn't realize there were two different guys, but I watched it earlier. He fielded one at the five. And I'm like, just, dude, let the ball bounce into the end zone. What are you doing? Yeah. I, I, Especially I, late. Yeah. I, heels at the 10, dig in, you know, uh, unless it's a line drive, you know, or, you know, but typically ball goes into the end zone, fair catch it, dig, dig your heels in at the eight or 10 yard line, whatever your philosophy is on that, and then let it go. And, you know, if it, most of the time it's going to bounce in the end zone. Yeah. I was just like, well, I don't know what good's going to come from this catch anyway. And there were, there were guys around. I don't know. Anyway. Well, a lot of bad things almost happened. No doubt. Yep. Uh, you mentioned the defense. You hold Alabama to under 300 yards total. You got to be thrilled with that. You only had 351. But you did enough, and I like the run game. That's what I talked about last, you know, a couple weeks ago. And it's like nobody wants to hear about that anymore because it's all about how far can you throw the ball in a game. But the run game, you know, kind of set the tone for them. And to your point, we were talking about the kind of a jump start on the Washington matchup. You get behind that is not the that is not the fix. And trying to get McCarthy to try. Although I will say the receivers were more impressive than I had realized. I thought. Well, it's Michigan. I mean, they they they're good. They got dudes. Yeah, they got dudes. Um, And. Part of Washington's Achilles heel is defending the run. So Michigan, I'm sure, is going to test that defensive front uh, to see if they can run the football. Um, But you have to be overall, except for the special teams gaffes, overall very, very impressed with Michigan. Yeah. Uh, Talking to Clint Conk again, brought to you by Farm Brothers Flying Service. One last time, Wes is off today, traveling back home, I think. I don't know what he's doing, but he's not here. So he'll be back tomorrow. But uh, let's talk about the Washington-Texas game. And as I told the morning guys, I had a proud dad moment. Uh, Maddox wasn't available. He, he and his buddies watched the first game together. Then he came over and hung out with me for the second game. And he walks in and I said, who you like in this game? And he said, well, I'm not rooting for Texas. Oh. Just like that, I was like, boom, that's right, son. <laughs> we root for teams in purple. Um, so we were all a Washington household that day, so that was fun. But uh, Penix played about as well as he can, I think. And Texas again. I mean – People were all over it again. I think they get falling over the name, just like with the Saban thing. But I, I didn't feel that great about everybody's like. I mean, I saw a lot of people touting Texas's, and it's not like they didn't have a chance. They still had a chance at the end of the game. But mm-hmm. 
I don't know. It just to me, I thought you know Washington had a really good look at this one, and and they were the better team throughout to me. And I'd actually, and Wes and I talked about this last week. I mean, we actually thought Washington probably was the better team, and if you are a gambler, if you are, mm-hmm. uh, that would have been the play, I think. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I was super impressed with Penix. I mean, he's dropping, you know, he's dropping BBs and dimes all over the field. Number one, the receiver. I mean, I think he's as good as there is in America. Uh, the running back. I hope he's not you know, out for this next week. Didn't look good um, with a foot injury, but uh, I was super impressed with the offensive line at Washington, which is, you know, allegedly the best in America. Got the Joe Moore Award. Um, and then Penix is the, you know, he is definitely the straw that, that stirs the drink for, for Washington. And uh, I just like the, the his ability to extend plays. He can run the football when called upon. He can make every throw. Uh, he may throw – rolling to his offhand to his right because mm-hmm. he's a left-hander he, yeah you know, obviously in the pocket um wow i mean they're explosive the 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 thing about texas is texas is going to be texas texas is going to be explosive you know i don't want to say they're front runners but when the momentum is really going for them they get hot and they keep it for a certain period of time but then they go into these lulls and i thought that's what happened last night and uh you know, I, I was worried about yours. He took a big hit. Uh, I thought we were going to see the young young freshman Manning, but uh, he came back and, you know, put him in position to win. But um, I will say this, that – and I hate to be critical of coaches, but after today's show's over, the management may not have me back. I'm yeah. just telling you. I like that. Because I, I, I am a proponent of coaches and support coaches and want the best for players and coaches. But I got to think that we could have got together – over a two- or three-minute period of time and call four plays maybe a little bit better than what Texas did in the in the tight red area. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, I just didn't see any cross. It was man coverage. I mean, so I didn't see really any crossing routes, uh, any creativity there. It was like, okay, my guy's going to go get the ball and win a 50-50. And, and they do that a lot. Yeah. But – Washington's got length. They got dudes back there, and uh, I thought the defensive back play by Washington yeah, most of the really day was really good. good. Same thing for Michigan. Michigan yeah. knocked down a lot of balls in the back end too. But I just didn't see any creativity um, to to rub or to create a matchup. Um, you know, like uh, Michigan ran what they call the slice play, where they you know they, it's a it's a mesh play where everybody's going from left to right, and they slip the back through. Yep. You know, and, and wide open. You know, it's an isolation on a linebacker. You just didn't see any of that in those last four plays with yep. Texas, and so uh, give them credit for getting down there. Um, I would have thought that they might have been a little bit more creative to give them chance, a better chance to get that last touchdown. But you got to give Washington credit; they made the plays when they had to. No doubt. Uh, Huskies were plus two, I think, in turnovers, too, in the game. So they um, – and maybe just – maybe plus one. I'll have to go back and double-check that. But there were no interceptions, right? I don't think so. No, we didn't have any picks, and, and they had a couple of fumbles. I guess they were plus one yep. in, in turnovers. So that uh, that helped. But, but, but yeah. the, the good thing is you saw two really good games. Yeah, though. no doubt. You know, that you, was the thing. Yeah, and you had, you know, really three blue blood programs – uh, Texas, Michigan, and Alabama, mm-hmm. and then Washington. You know they've got a national championship skin on their mantle, and 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 they they've been really good. What's crazy is if they win, the last the Pac-12 will finally get their national championship right the, before they break up on the way out the door. It is. We've talked about that for a while. It's crazy. <laughs> so how about the late part of the game? And again, it, it got more interesting than it had to be. Washington looked like they were going to salt the game away. And then they get the injury late, which stops the clock. And then they go, and Texas will not take the 10-second runoff. I'm like, you think? Right. So then they punt it away, 
and then they interfere with the return guy. Yeah. I'm like, oh, my gosh, you guys. You're yeah, making this way harder than it has to be. Yeah, the last three minutes of the game, uh, they overcame themselves. Yes. You know, and uh, you feel bad about the injury. That That's a weird rule, you know. We always do, and I'm sure every coach in the country does this, a pre-game, a pre, uh, preseason dress rehearsal. And when this rule was implemented, the players would laugh at me. The first, and of course, I, I go crazy about it. But um, I tell our players, gentlemen, if, if we're behind and you get hurt in the last minute, okay, and they have to stop the clock, unless the bone is sticking out, you find a way to crawl, roll, somersault, do whatever you have to do to get off the field mm-hmm. so we don't have to use a timeout. If we don't have a timeout, we lose 10 seconds. Right. And they laughed at me over the years. And if all my former players were watching that game last night, that was the exact scenario that I was talking about because mm-hmm. they would either had to use a timeout, you know, or, or, or whatever. But um, if, if Washington was behind. Right. You know, so um, – but, yeah, a series of uh, unfortunate errors uh, with, with the interference call and then, of course, the young man getting hurt. I mean, that was legit, but that's a, that's a quirky rule, and I think the NFL has something similar to that. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, I'm sure they would have liked to have uh, kept the clock running because it would have been like, what, 15 seconds left right. instead of – 37. Well, and then yeah. the, the thing, the, la- the next to last play, they throw it, and I'm like, when did the ball hit the <clears> ground? <throat> And they give him a second. I'm like, oh my gosh, they're gonna give him another play. Watch him get yeah, burned here. Yeah, yeah. But, but uh, gr- two great, two great games, two yeah, great finishes. No doubt. Here's Penix on the win. First of all, I'm gonna say I'm not no quitter. You know, I I, don't, I won't say I was gonna quit. You know, it did get hard for me at times. You know, but you know, I, I had to lean on the ones that I love the most, man. But it means a lot. You know, to be here. You know, I'm super blessed, and I I gotta thank the man above. You know, I gotta thank God for everything that you know he, he's put me through to get to this point, man. It, it's been a blessing, and you know, uh, I've been enjoying the journey. No doubt. Texas joining the SEC next year came up short in this one, but again to make a playoff pretty good. I mean, think about where Texas was a few years ago. We're like, is Texas ever going to get back? Mm-hmm. We assume they probably would. They got too many things working for them. Was Sark going to be the guy to get them there though? Weren't sure about that necessarily. Now the job gets a little bit harder, but they certainly uh, have have a lot to be proud of this year. Just how proud of I, w- I was of them this season. You know, um, the way they 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 fought there and the resiliency they showed in the second half and in the fourth quarter is just indicative of this team you know they, these guys are fighters uh, and they've, they've grown into that you know it's not what we were a few years ago we've grown into it and to give ourselves a chance the way that we did there late in the game um, really proud of them you know with all the self-inflicted wounds that we had tonight um, you know we lost to a good team that played well but we gave ourselves a chance and we, we just we just came up short we get extended time with Coach Conk after the break. He's going to stick around and hang out. What's bothering him? We could talk about the NFL. We had a controversial finish in the Cowboys game, and now they have put themselves in position, with a little help, to win the NFC East and get themselves a home game. We've already got the number one seed set with the Ravens and the Niners, and there's some gaps to be filled in, but the playoff picture is really still pretty muddy. I mean, as far as who's going to play, who's going to travel, what the seeding's going to be, but there are a few that have locked in their spots. I know Kansas City's locked in as the third seed in the AFC, but you got an AFC East championship game with Buffalo and Miami this weekend. Some really good matchups and a lot of teams that are going to try to play spoiler that don't have a chance to go to the playoffs and we'll talk about those matchups a little bit later on in the show. Let's grab a couple calls. We'll hit a break. You want to join us? 661-1037 the Southern Structural Solutions text line same number 501-661-1037 and our live fan feedback courtesy of the Gangster Museum of America. LC's in Sherwood. LC, what's up? Thanks guys. Um, Coach you know, they were saying, well, this is about the Cowboys game. They were saying it looks like, you know, the Lions have found something on that last drive. 
Now, I'm not talking about the penalty. All that was just mayhem. But did they, they look like they pulled back. We're talking about the Cowboy defense. And to me, if they'd have been aggressive and continued forward, granted they might have got burned over the top. I don't know. But can you explain what the hell was going on there at the end? I mean, they looked like they just rolled down there in four or five plays. What would you have done? If um, You know, would you have done the same thing or remain aggressive or what? That's all i got, guys. Thanks, LC. Yeah, great question. And my philosophy kind of changed on that. I think early, first of all, you don't want to play prevent defense to prevent you from winning. And that's kind of what they did all the way down the field. Um, I think early you play some zone to see, you know, how the flow of the – but then when they get past the 50 or inside the 40, you heat them up. Yeah. And uh, and Dallas really didn't do that till they got down to the – well, they scored, you know. Yeah. And so uh, a lot of times you can play prevent defense and it will prevent you from – you know, from from winning, and um, I thought they played very soft, and I made that same connection watching the game as LC did. The reporting issue. Yes. Okay. So thoughts on that? Yeah, sure do. I got a lot of opinions today. Detroit outfoxed themselves. So what I'm understanding mm-hmm. is 68 went to go report Decker, 70, which is Skipper, right? Yep. Yeah, Dan Skipper. Mm-hmm. So from Arkansas, so he runs on the field as he did every other time to report. But he didn't say a word. It's my understanding he didn't say a word. Decker's trying to talk to the official, but the official's locked in on Skipper, who had come in three other times and reported uh, as an eligible player. So they were trying to dupe um, Dallas, but in the but they duped the official. Okay, so Skipper's running right at him, but not saying a word, right? Yeah. But then Decker's trying to talk to him, but as if he's, they're trying to get. Not, they want the Cowboys to think he's that, that's that, correct. That he's going to be eligible. That they're that they're that, that Skipper's going to be the eligible receiver. And of course, he lined up covered up, so that was the other penalty. Mm-hmm. So I think they probably explained what we're going to do. We're going to run Skipper at you. He's not going to say a word. He's just going to line up, you know. But he's not eligible. But 68's the one that's going to be eligible. And the official either didn't remember that, but he sees Skipper running right at him. Guy's six eleven or whatever. You know, right. he's he's massive, and he's reported every other time. And he just assumed that he was reporting. He didn't hear Decker. That's the way I took it. Yeah. He was clearly not looking at Decker when Decker was trying to talk to him. That's correct. And supposedly Skipper didn't say a word. So they were trying to dupe Dallas by doing it like they always did, except it's going to be 68 reporting, 70's not going to say a word, Mm -hmm. or 71. Now, had Decker been reported, here's what's been lost in this. Had Decker reported, Dallas would have covered him. Because he was not reported, Dallas didn't cover him. And so maybe he still catches the pass, but maybe he doesn't because he's covered. The official will announce, right, to the crowd, 68 is reported as eligible? And, and announce to the defense. Okay. He'll go, you know, he'll strike his breast and his chest and say 68 is eligible. Okay. Well, he walked up and said 70 or 71, whatever his number 70, is. Yeah. Yeah, 70 is eligible. And, and that was the other penalty because they made him eligible, but they covered him up. But they weren't trying to. They weren't trying to. So. Detroit duped themselves instead and duped the official yeah. instead of duping Dallas. Dan Campbell said that before the game, he clarified with the officials they were going to run this play potentially and to give him a heads up that on it. That was four hours earlier, man. <laughs> and Dan Skipper, and, Dan, and that's happened to me before, yeah. and Dan Skipper has come in three other times in the game and reported, and he's doing the striking of the breast up and down, I'm eligible, and so he goes over. He sees Skipper, who's 6'11", running at him again, going, okay, he's going to report eligible. He doesn't hear Decker, because I'm sure Decker's over there 
68's eligible. 68. Yeah. You know, he's trying not to. He's trying to be incognito. Right, right. Because they they left the huddle to go over there. Yeah. And I think one other guy went over there with him. By yes, the right. there were two guys and, by the official. Uh, 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 Sewell, the other tackle. Okay. The other tackle was there too. So, and 68's trying to get around him. So, I think the official got confused. Mm-hmm. He didn't hear Decker, but Detroit's really the one to blame here because Decker didn't announce himself, and then had he announced himself. Dallas would have covered him. Yeah. That's what's lost in yeah, this. That's, that's what's point. lost in this. Yeah. yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Let me get Stan in here and then we'll take a timeout. It's ten thirty four. What's up, Stan? Hey, happy new year, guys. Happy New Year, buddy. Hey, Justin. Sir. Let me say this here and let you go. Uh, I said it was good. That was a good game though. We take it out. I I knew in my heart, Alabama the way they played, I know their luck gonna run out sooner or later. <laughs> I but know you... they won't win no championship, but their luck gonna run out sooner or later before they win their championship. But hey man, look here. I heard Nick Favors say nothing after the game. I'm going to hang up and listen. If he did, play recording him. I hear Nick say nothing out this game. He was quiet on the bird, man. Let me go, man. Stan, I just hey, played play it. If you got something, something playing for me. Stan, yeah, I, just, I just played it. I just played it. He talked about the, the last play. Yeah. Again, you're either a genius or you're a goat, right? Didn't look too good afterwards. SEC, by the way, finished 5-4 and four in bowl games, and they were 4-2 and two against the Big Ten. But they didn't win the one that they wanted to against the Big Ten, obviously. So Is Saban going to retire? Is, is Harbaugh going to go to the NFL? I'm going to say yes on that one. You think so? I think so. I think so, too. I think that's why he didn't want to do any interviews. Yeah. <laughs> but just, he was up on the podium afterwards. Yeah, he's running, though. Here's what's funny to me is he didn't coach <clears throat> half the games this year. Or he was yeah. not on the field for half the games that's this right. year. That's right. That's right. And they're still sitting here. I will say this, too. Like, you know, I, I saw um, it was, it was uh, Dave Portnoy from Barstool doing this little video. He's a Michigan fan. And he's like, uh, he's like maybe the Big Ten just stinks. Because you saw all these teams lose, and even in the Big Ten matchups. However, I thought Ohio State acquitted itself pretty nicely defensively against a very good Missouri team that was at full strength, pretty much, right? Most of the league stunk. There was two to three good teams. Yeah. I would say. Like, I was the worst 10-win team ever, maybe. Yeah, you're right. My goodness. But but my point is, Ohio State's defense did what they – those defenses that were all highly yeah. ranked, yeah. outside of the fact that Ole Miss, as we expected on the show – Rung it up on Penn State. I still will never understand why the Nittany Lions, with Judkins and uh, Dart playing, how in the world they're an underdog to Penn State. I never understood that. And they showed why they shouldn't have been. And if Ohio State had all their guys that didn't opt out and maybe even that Kyle been a great game. back, yeah, they would have mm-hmm. competed. Yeah. I mean, was it 14-3 was the final? Yeah. I mean, I would think really Ohio State would put up more points than three. I think it's safe to say. But, yeah, give Missouri a lot of credit. That was a great, great year for them. So... Yeah, Maryland over Auburn, 31-13. That was the other win by the Big Ten over the SEC. Wisconsin? Wisconsin what? lost. Yeah, but they played well. They sure did. They played they well. They did. Yeah. And LSU finally figured it out. Their backup quarterback, I guess, took a little while to get warmed up. Boy, he's really good, though. <laughs> he's, he's talented now. Yeah, that was a good win. That was a, that was a good game. Yep. And you know, it's funny. I saw a lot of people complain. I'm sure you're going to want to talk about this on the other side. But it's like, oh, I don't like all these opt-outs. And obviously, <laughs> worst-case scenario is the Florida State situation. However, I will say, like, most of these teams – you're not watching most of these teams anyway. I don't know the dudes playing for these teams anyhow, so I don't care. I'm watching it. If it's a good game, it's a good game. And there were a lot of backup quarterbacks that I thought played great. I'm going to come in from another angle after the break. Okay, there's a tease. Just glorious. Glorious uh, glorious day for the Michigan Wolverines and our team. I mean, we're so connected. Such a together team. Nobody could really know just how together they are. And I knew there was just nothing could happen inside the stadium that would uh, 
would break that apart. It's almost poetic to have Blake rumble in for the touchdown and then to get a defensive stop on fourth down. I mean, that's a Harbaugh win. That's a Michigan win if there ever is one. How big is your smile going to be? It's a glorious win. Glorious win, man. We're so excited. It's just awesome. What Appreciate will your message be to these guys as you get into Houston for the national championship? Just so now? proud of them. Glorious win. Uh, we get on the plane. We'll go back to Ann Arbor. We'll get ready for that game in Houston. One week from yesterday, national championship, Washington, Michigan, and weird Jim Harbaugh. He's so eccentric. He's, he's something. Yep. He's good, though. He does a good job. You remember the story? It turned out to be much ado about nothing, but Alabama went out and hired an ex-Michigan assistant to their staff at the last minute. <laughs> yeah. uh, it obviously did not make enough of a difference. He was their linebackers coach in 21 and 22, and it didn't make any difference, but I thought it was interesting going into the to the game as a sort of a, you know, factor potentially didn't make much difference but anyway give uh give the wolverines a lot of credit and i think we've got a great matchup here don't you i do i do i favor mich uh michigan's favorite but i do favor washington for their ability to score really from anywhere on the football field okay yep and do you think if the running back is out it makes a difference probably a little bit um but maybe just a little bit more pressure on Penix, which i think he's prepared to handle that He's pretty darn good. He's really good. You know, and I heard this the other night um, from the NFL perspective. You know, he had a ton of injuries at Indiana. He's been relatively healthy at Washington, you know, so that may hurt his draft stock. I'm not sure anybody's throwing the football better than him in the world right now. (laughs) I mean, he is really good. Yeah. And he's healthy. Yeah. Yeah. Six years, seven years, six years. So he's a little little older. Yeah. He has a little bit of history of, of injury. He never finished a season, I don't think, at Indiana. Or allegedly, I don't remember. But mm-hmm. well, that's, that's what watch, the word was. You ever watch a lot of Indiana football? No, coach? I don't watch a lot of Hoosier yeah. football. Nobody uh, does. <clears throat> but uh, obviously the last two years have been spectacular, and he's, he's a marvelous talent. Yeah. Well, I'm excited about it. Next Monday will be a lot of fun. And I don't know that there was a matchup that I wouldn't have been happy about or excited about. And that's the question of the day today, Christian, I guess, is what's your are, level of excitement or happiness on this? Yeah, are you happy with the uh, – college football playoff final that we got which is Washington versus Michigan of course I wanted these two teams to win but I would not have been devastated if Texas had won so I could root against them one more week you know this is the matchup that I wanted because I hate Alabama and I hate Texas so either one of them winning is a loss for me Mm -hmm. so either one of these teams winning I don't really care yeah I don't either I would be I don't have any friends well I do have some friends not many a couple of Jeremy Muck not many people who are Washington fans, but obviously Pigskin is a huge Michigan fan, So, and he's the reason a lot of people are rooting against Michigan this week <laughs> because he uh, irritates some people. He'll be on with Joe Franklin. I will give him credit. He was pretty humble going into the playoff. I don't know how confident he felt, but everybody knew it was going to be a tall order given saving that much time and with the way they were trending in the right direction, the way they beat Georgia. And then we saw what happened with Georgia and how they dominated Florida State, which was completely depleted. And not a fair representation. A lot of people will say, I told you so. And if you're sitting around saying, I told you so, that's not a representative Florida State team at all, any more than that's a representative Ohio State team or a couple of the other teams that were depleted by uh, by backups. And the thing is, even if Roadmaker plays, maybe it's a little bit less embarrassing. But he's like, look, you're bringing in other quarterbacks. I'm not going to go out here and have a chance to get hurt by these animals from Georgia. And then not be able to transfer next year. So good luck, fellas. You're on your own, and it's hard, just hard to operate. So basically, what Michael Norvell was stuck with was what Iowa's been doing for two years. <laughs> well, and, and uh, Coach Ferentz has done a heck of a job with that for two years. Yeah. yeah. Florida State was without 25 players, 14 starters. Yeah. yeah. And they also, of course, didn't have defense. a quarterback. Nine yeah. on defense, I think. All right, I got a rant for the last segment of this hour, but we'll get to it in a minute. Let me hear about your uh, what is on Coach Conk's nerves. By the way, thanks again to Lance and the folks at Farm Brothers Flying Service for sponsoring the segment all year. It's been a ton of fun. 
But what is bothering you right now? It's in line with what we were just talking about, yeah? Yeah. Um, so I am a proponent of players, and I am certainly a supporter of coaches. And so I want to get that out first. All right, that's my disclaimer. This is Geneva Convention stuff. Yeah. Uh, my yeah. Wife, with all due respect. My wife says I always have a disclaimer, but here's the thing. I mean, and it's been trending this way with me, and then the bowl season just brought it all out. I, I am absolutely disgusted with the NCAA right now the bowl situation, the opt-outs, the transfer portal, and the whole bit. And there's no leadership. My wife says she'll buy the dynamite to blow the thing up, you know, the C4. It's in the back of my truck. But <laughs> it, it, it is uh, – here's what's – to me, if I'm FedEx and I sponsor the Orange Bowl and I'm giving $20 million, $10 million, $30 million, I don't know, millions of dollars – so that FedEx is prominent throughout the broadcast. And by the middle of the second quarter, 50 to 60% of viewership is gone mm-hmm. because the game is out of control, and it's out of control because of opt-outs and early declarations, and I understand all that. But I, I started in 1984, and I get it. It's more than three hots in a cot and, and you know $30 for laundry money, and you keep your Pell Grant and that kind of thing. I get that. I'm for what's helping the players. The young man from Connecticut after the national championship basketball game about 10 years ago, they win it, and he goes, man, I haven't had anything to eat in three days. That's where it started. Mm-hmm. And so we've taken the toothpaste completely out of the tube. There's no leadership to figure out at the NCAA level. There needs to be some sort of complete makeover of what's going on in college football. In my old head opinion, okay, and I know I'm old school, but here's the thing. The transfer portal. Here's an idea. You sign with the school, you have to stay there for a year. Because there's a bunch of guys, Quinn Ewers left after six months at Ohio State with a million bucks. That ain't right. Mm-hmm. Okay? And there's tons of them like that. Okay? Um, you have to stay for a year. Okay? You get one other transfer, and then, you, and then the, the graduate. So you got a chance to go to three schools to get it right. Not five. Three. Stay a year, then you can transfer. That gives the coaches a year to develop them, see where the young man actually, why I chose this school, where do I fit, that kind of thing. Okay? Move the transfer portal to the spring. Make it 20 days. Okay? That gives you, again, the coaching staff a year to work with that athlete, develop him, show him while we recruited you where you fit in the scheme of things. Then after a year, if you're not happy, you go through offseason, you go through spring ball, you went through a season as a fall, either playing or redshirting, then, then then you can transfer. Okay? Do you think that – here's my only thing about that, not to interrupt your role No, there. no, you're good. If I'm a guy that's going to transfer, I'm not going to stay here next year because I know there's money down the road. Even though I can't do it until spring, you think that's going to keep me from not playing in a bowl game? If your NIL contract says you have to play – They'll play. Oh, next thing's next. Okay. Yeah, money talks and, 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 and BS walks. All right, so move, move the window to May. That's it. you got 20 days in May. Okay. All right? And then whatever NIL deal you signed, you have to p- perform those duties contractually, which would mean play football, right. you know what I mean, to represent your school. The signing date. Get rid of the December signing date. Put it in August. Put it in August so that from a coaching standpoint, they don't have to deal with with, with the signing date, they can be focused on their football team, okay? And the, the teams that aren't in bowl games, they can be recruiting, okay? Yeah. But move the 
Early commitments? We're going to find out who's really committed and who's not committed. Put, put, it, put it in August, okay, instead not, of December. Not get rid of the, the other. Yeah, the, keep, keep the other one in February. Gotcha. Yeah, uh, traditionally, it's always been, what, the okay. first Wednesday in February. But right. move, the, move the signing date to August, okay? Um, bowl games, and we just touched on this. If you have an NIL, then that commitment includes bowl games. So if you're an underclassman and you're not opting out to go to the draft, now that's a different animal. Sure. Okay, you got to protect yourself. I understand that. Uh, and they've been doing that for years. But if you have an NIL contractually, you play in that bowl game because we owe that to the fans, to the alumni, to our teammates, and to the sponsors who are paying us millions of dollars to go play. And I am still a proponent of the minor bowls. And the reason why is it's player development. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, right here, you don't think Oklahoma State beating Texas A&M was important? Yeah, that was 10 wins for Oklahoma State. Missouri beating Ohio State? That gave them, what, 11 wins or 12 wins, you know? Um, Maryland beating Auburn, even though it's not a very good Auburn team. That's an ACC team beating up right. on Auburn, you know? So, I, but the player development. I get a chance to work with my players, feed them, lift them, coach them, develop them, and then we get a chance to go show off in front of our alumni. So, I like the minor bowl. The other thing would take the minor bowls, possibly, and move them to week zero. Now, that wouldn't help the seniors, but everybody would play in week zero. That's something to think about. But um, anyway, I, I'm just disgusted. How do you play the bowl games before the season? It would be just like a kickoff classic, You talk it's a bowl game. Okay. Yeah, so you got But it wouldn't the, be based on 12... performance. It would just be like whoever you want to no, stick no, in No, no, it would be performance. From so, the year before? That's right. So the Liberty Bowl would be, who was it this year, Memphis and Iowa State. Yeah, I don't want to talk about it. Okay, but I'm saying – you know, everybody's going to play in that game. Now, it doesn't help the seniors that just graduated. Yeah, we talked about this the other day. I don't, I don't, I love, I love every other idea you had. I don't agree with that concept necessarily. And I know there's another writer because Wes brought this up the other day, and I, I vehemently disagreed with it just because, again, it's not your season to play in that game. To me, it's for those guys. I think the other things you're doing to get those guys to play would be a great idea. And you're right. I think, I think we as fans, like if we're going to turn out, you're going to buy a $70 ticket and travel thousands of miles. You want to see the best players for your team to play. Yeah. And that's not what's happening. You're right. And uh, and that's disgusting, to be honest with you. Yeah. And, and I understand all the quote-unquote reasons. But, and again, on a personal level, Mike Norvell, I mean, that's my guy. Right. You know, I, he, he was in a no-win situation. And and that's just disturbing. The whole thing is just disturbing. Um, there, there's no leadership at the NCAA level. The NIL has to come under control. There needs to be a salary cap. Uh, yeah. It's just a lot of things right now. That, uh, that aren't good. What is good, though, is Farm Brothers Flying Service, and I appreciate them. This is year three or four. We've had a blast. Uh, I talked to Lance uh, yesterday again and this morning. I appreciate his friendship, their support. If I'm a farmer from Pine Bluff to McGee, and I'm looking for agricultural crop services and people with integrity uh, that know what they're doing, they're going to do it right, um, Farm Brothers Flying Service, and uh, I appreciate them very much. Uh, I've enjoyed you and Wes and Christian, and we don't always see each other, you know, but uh, this time of the year in particular with right. basketball. But I've enjoyed our relationship now for 20 years and uh, and with the buzz now for about four or five years. So uh, It's been fun. It's been a lot of fun. I'll be back hopefully in August, and uh, maybe the NCAA can clean up some of these things. But I know one thing, Farm Brothers Flying Services will clean up a lot of things if you're a farmer in southeast Arkansas.